Welcome back to the Facts About PACS podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, NAPAC's Executive Director. Today, we bring you another Solutions in Action episode of the show. What exactly do the big consulting firms offer when it comes to services in the PAC space? Can you really get it all under one roof? Coming up, we're joined by Peter Sherman, Executive Vice President, PAC Services at DDC. Peter leads a team at DDC that is loaded with political communications, digital, and technology experts. And we'll pull the curtain back and find out how their multidiscipline approach ensures client success. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community, Michaela. Thanks, Adam. And Adam, I'm so excited. We've got some NAPPAC activities to go through, a new one um, for NAPPAC. We are doing next week on uh, July 7th, we're having a, a luncheon for all of the DC PAC interns. And so we're excited to bring all of our interns together that are here for this summer, including NAPAC's two interns. So we're moving on up over here, Adam. That is an amazing thing. I, I just was talking to a friend the other day whose child is interning this summer. And, you know, I have two kids, both of whom are doing the same thing. But when you're across the industry and you come together under the NAPAC umbrella and you're able to have lunch and meet people and that network. That's a special time. I'm glad we're able to do it. Absolutely. And then finally, uh, second in-person luncheon, uh, you know, that we, these were luncheons that we used to do before the pandemic, as you know. Uh, but on July 20th at our offices here in DC, we will be talking about diversifying your packs. And so we're excited to sort of end the summer, you know, as everybody leaves for vacation in August with an in-person luncheon before we all come back in that final race to the elections in September. So lots of exciting things coming down the pike. Absolutely right. And don't believe the myth that DC gets quiet in the summer. People used to say that just in August, and I'm sure Peter will weigh in on this when he gets in here, but the summers are hot, hot, hot for a lot of reasons, and work is one of them, Michaela. Absolutely. Well, nice segue, Adam. Joining us now is Peter Sherman, Executive Vice President, PAC Services at DDC. Welcome to the Facts About PACs podcast, Peter. Thank you for having me. Well, Peter, DDC was built on the belief that technology is the backbone of smart public affairs. If folks in our audience are looking for that comprehensive solution that leverages technology, why should they be talking to you? Well, I, I think DDC holds a unique position in the public affairs industry. Uh, when, when I first joined DDC, we provided mostly technology solutions for our clients. On the PAC side, we were in the early stages of developing Democracy Direct, which is our online application that houses our clients' databases. Uh, and it's used for our, by our clients for both their PAC and grassroots programs. From Democracy Direct, our clients can generate federal and state disclosure reports. They also have access to hundreds of internal management reports. And we also created an online solicitation site called PACWeb. And PacWeb enables clients to solicit their employees by electronic means. And it facilitates employees electronically making contributions to the PAC, including payroll deductions. In fact, DDC's PAC website was used in an FEC advisory opinion in which the commission approved using electronic signatures for payroll deductions. And for those of us who have been around for a long time, we, we still remember when soliciting your employees meant sending mail to their home and getting these actual cards back with their signatures. 
now with technology and tools like PacWeb, that has streamlined and made it much more efficient to solicit employees for contributions to the PAC. And, you know, it's it's not only the technology, though. I head up DDC's PAC services division, and we enable our clients to outsource to DDC everything involved in managing their PAC, from compliance, both federal and state, to monthly reconciliation of accounts, preparing checks. Everything can be outsourced to DDC. So it's a combination of professional services and technology. And early on, when a client wanted to implement a full-scale program for their PAC and even their grassroots, they would need to go to several different vendors to get all the work done. Uh, Through the years, uh, DDC has continued developing new technologies and adding professional services so that our clients would be able to support their public affairs programs through one company. Uh, We have grown from a grassroots and PAC technology company to a full-scale public affairs firm. Uh, We have a PAC communications division that works with clients to create and disseminate communications to their employees. We have an in-house creative department that helps design websites and communications and also produces videos uh, used by our clients to get their message out. So, Peter, with all of that under one roof, your leadership leverages a career as a lawyer, in addition to being a fundraiser. And in your time practicing, I understand you advise members of Congress, certainly congressional candidates and party organizations and PACs. How does that fundraising and legal background guide your work leading the team at DDC? Well, yeah, uh, that is true. I I have been involved in fundraising through the years. And uh, uh, when I got out of law school, you know, I actually worked on the Hill, but Went, went to law school, and my main practice was civil litigation, but I was still involved in campaign finance, providing legal advice to clients running for office. So I, I understand from one perspective, uh, the candidates raising money, going to the companies, asking for money, uh, getting the money in by the end of the quarter today, for instance. And I also understand it from the perspective of our clients, those who are being asked to contribute to these candidates. And our clients, they're under a lot of pressure, not only to be involved in the political process by making contributions, but everything they do is highly scrutinized by outside organizations and by the public. And, you know, today with social media, all the reports they file are immediately available. Uh, People know right away what these clients are doing. So from that perspective, we we understand our, our number one priority with respect to our clients is to make sure that they are fully compliant with all federal and state laws governing uh, their activity. That is their number one concern, and that is our number one concern. So again, having been on both sides of the table, I I know the pressure our clients are under, and so I could guide them through the process more easily. Peter, you mentioned your Democracy Direct platform. Is that something that every client utilizes? How does that work? Every company that comes on board as a client licenses our Democracy Direct platform. That's basically our hub. And it's the Democracy Direct platform that houses all of our clients' databases. Each client has their own separate database within Democracy Direct. So all money coming into the pack through contributions, all money going out of the pack is recorded in Democracy Direct. All compliance reports, both federal and state, are generated through the Democracy Direct platform. In addition, we have 
hundreds of internal management reports available to our clients in Democracy Direct that they can use. You know, reports, Democrat versus Republican giving, state versus federal. Um, a popular report among our clients is after an election, they like to see how well uh, the people they contributed to did in the election. So uh, in, in addition to storing their information, and the data that we store for a client is, is up to the client. They can send us whatever they want. And you know, that all gets stored within their database, within the Democracy Direct platform. They can send emails from Democracy Direct. Um, they can run their grassroots programs through Democracy Direct as well. So that, that is our hub from which everything else operates uh, at the DDC. Michaela, you spent years as a lobbyist running PACs, and you know well that these efforts are really doubled because we're working oftentimes at the federal and the state level. And that has got to be one of the elements that makes an all-in sort of solutions and action relationship with a consultancy like DDC all the more effective for a team. Absolutely. I mean, I, I ran a program that was in all 50 states and at the federal level, and to have this sort of capability all under one roof you know, is it just would make my job that much easier. But also, I think, Peter, you also are able to advise your clients on sort of, you know, what some of these, especially at the state level, it's like a patchwork, 50 state patchwork of changes to campaign finance laws. Um, that's got to be a distinct advantage for you to be able to, you know, advise your clients on what's coming and how to correct or change course if they need to. One of the reasons our clients outsource to DDC is that to be able to maintain all the information about the states, you know, what's going on, each one would need their own full-time person to do that. For instance, in Tennessee recently, they just enacted a change to their campaign finance laws that went into effect or that go into effect tomorrow. They're not even waiting till after the election cycle. So it's our role as an advisor to our clients to uh, maintain information about what's going on at the state level. You know, we, we vet contributions made at the federal level as well, but those are relatively straightforward. Uh, at the state level, you know, we have clients, some are, you know, especially associations are involved in almost all 50 states. But at the state level, there are so many other things you need to consider. Um, are you required to register and report at the state? Uh, what are the limits uh, in each state because they differ from state to state? Are there blackout periods? And a big thing, you know, over the recent years is are, are there all the new pay-to-play rules that have gone into effect? Uh, clients must be aware of that because, you know, some of these states have, uh, you know, if, if you fail to comply with the pay-to-play, the consequences can be pretty draconian for their business. Absolutely. Um, you know, Peter, switching gears just a little bit, you, you touched a little bit on vetting candidates. Um, and this is something, you know, particularly in the last 18 to 24 months or so, you know, more and more PACs are looking for help <laughs> these days and, you know, wanted to sort of get your perspective on how DDC is helping clients with that job of vetting candidates. The one thing we don't do at DDC is we don't advise our clients as to who they should contribute to, but we do perform research for them with respect to particular candidates. Uh, we can compile voting records. We can see how other organizations rate these candidates. I, again, the final decision as to whether or not they will contribute, of course, is up to the client. But we can present them with, uh, you know, whatever information is available publicly. 
to the client so that they have an idea, yes, this is a, a candidate who is supportive of our industry based on his or her past votes or based on how other organizations rate this candidate. And that information as well can be stored within Democracy Direct so the client has it available to them at any time. And, and that, that's the vetting we would do for them. And I guess I would just, you know, for maybe some of our non-practitioners that are listening, you know, the business of compliance from particularly our members, but but for those of us in the business, is paramount to what we do on a day-to-day basis. And I'm curious if you've seen a shift in just even even more enhanced focus on compliance here in the last couple of years. I, I think there has been more focus on compliance as clients have become involved in more states. Again, at the federal level, you know, the law doesn't change that frequently. And when it changes, usually it's by court decision as opposed to legislation. So at the federal level, people are pretty comfortable in what they're doing. But it's when they get involved again at the state level. Um, and, and and there is a big focus on compliance, especially now since they're such, uh, under such scrutiny, uh, they don't want stories written about them that they you know, violated a state or local campaign finance provision. So they're very concerned. And again, Another reason why they outsource this to us, because this is what we do f- full time, is keep track of, of, you know, what is required of these companies to participate in the political process at the federal and state levels. Peter, as you see it here in the summer of 2022, with your fundraising background, how significant is the move back to in-person? And what would you say to folks who are a bit on the fence, but know that their fundraising goals aren't going to meet themselves? Yeah, that's interesting because I think that in-person fundraising um, generates more excitement about the candidate or or more excitement about about the PAC. But I think what people have discovered is that they can raise almost as much money through you know, electronic means such as, you know, emails. Uh, and, and the cost is reduced significantly because, you know, there's less travel involved. So I'm not really sure that how much, you know, for the big events, yes, those will pick up. But these small events that people do, I, I don't know that we're going to actually see an increase in that. I think the biggest trend really is, which, you know, goes into this, is, is a return to normalcy. You know, it's been a tough two and a half years. Uh, with the pandemic um, and other things going on. I think people just want to return to normalcy. And that includes the PAC world. Uh, you know, a lot of clients stop doing the solicitations or put a moratorium on making contributions. And I think as, as time goes on now, um, they're getting back to trying to engage their employees and become more involved in making contributions. And we'll see that continue, obviously, as we get into the fall. I have one final question for you because I'm channeling my connection to our audience base. And I think that they must be wondering if I could be working with a DDC who has all of these solutions in action and gets to work with so many other colleagues on their programs. The one thing they might be thinking, wondering out loud in their own head right now is, what do you see as trends? What is the future? Where is all of this going to a staid hand at the top of DDC right now? Well, I think, as we spoke earlier, the technology part of it, um, you know, the compliance part is not going to change. Compliance, you know, 
preparing a filing report, that's going to stay the same. But I think it's really, you know, what we can do to make it easier for these clients to participate in the political process, Ra you know, helping them raise money for their PACs. Uh, and on the, even the public affairs side, uh, you know, again, getting back to the data the clients provide to us, uh, you know, we, we've created reports where a client can look at their focus in a congressional or legislative district. We could tell them how many employees they have, uh, how many facilities they have, how much they pay in taxes, charitable giving, and it's all available on a mobile device. So going into a meeting, you know, with a legislator, they can go right on their phone and see, you know, what their presence is in that district. And literally all that information is at their fingertips. So what's going to happen is clients have to get more willing to send a data to us or companies like us. And we could take that data and create all kinds of reports and tools for them to use both at, in their political activities as well as their public affairs activities. Peter Sherman, Executive Vice President, PAC Services at DDC. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your insights with everyone today. I just want to also mention that DDC has been a longtime member of NAPAC and personal friend to me and appreciate your partnership and support of NAPAC. I appreciate the time and it was a pleasure and uh, thank you very much. And thanks to everyone downloading and sharing this podcast. Subscribe and meet us right back here next week.